The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. How do young writers become published authors? Why is it so hard for young writers to publish? And what can they do to overcome these obstacles? These questions and more are what we are going to be talking about today in today's episode of the Christian Publishing Show. And joining us today is Brett Harris, who's published two best-selling books as a young person and today is a mentor of many of the world's top young writers and authors. Brett, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. I'm I'm excited to be talking about young writers. Yeah, this is fun to talk for a younger audience. I used to think of myself as a young man, and now I'm having to think of myself as just a man. Uh, but I have a lot of uh, younger siblings who are interested in writing. And and if you look at um, any list of authors, whether it's bestsellers or award winners, uh, typically that list is predominantly, sometimes exclusively older authors. Uh, why is that? Why is it so hard for young people to break in uh, to writing? Yeah, well, I think I think there's so many directions we could go with with the you know the challenges that young authors and young writers face. Um, but you know, the first thing I, I think that's important to point out is that starting young is important, whether you publish young or not. So you know, if I can turn a, a question around to you and ask uh, ask you something, you know, if you look at those lists of authors and bestsellers and award winners, you know, and they're all adults, but what percentage of them started writing in a serious way outside of school by the end of their teen years? Would you know what, what's your best guess? Um, I would guess a lot of them dabbled with it, uh, but didn't do it seriously until they later in their lives. Would be my guess. Okay. Well, so we actually, at The Young Writer, we actually did some research. We, we, we started with a list of 119 different popular authors drawn from our students, just saying who their favorite authors were, are. And that, you know, spanned everything from C.S. Lewis and Jane Austen to, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien and J.K. Rowling and modern authors like Randy Alcorn, et cetera, Francine Rivers, Jerry Jenkins. Um, and what we looked at was when did they start writing in a serious way outside of school, not just school writing, but, you know, writing stories, writing novels, writing articles, publishing things. And what we found was pretty surprising. And that was that 86% of those 119 authors started writing seriously as teenagers. 94% started by their early 20s and only 6% started after the age of 25. Wow. It makes sense, though, because it takes a long time to be good at writing. Like No one emerges uh, from the shell, like Venus from the shell, as a good writer, right? We're all born bad writers. In fact, we're all born illiterate, and it takes time to master the craft. And so the earlier you start, the longer of a career you have. Exactly. Well, it reminds me of, of something Randy Alcorn likes to say, because uh, he'll hear people tell, you know, say like, oh, yeah, when I retire, I'm going to become a writer. You know, and, and he likes to chuckle to himself and, and say, I think he says it to himself instead of to the person, but he says, yeah, yeah, and I'm going to retire and become a doctor. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I think it's just important to remember that, yeah, writing does take time. But when young people who are aspiring, who, who dream of someday holding that book in their hands or seeing their book on the shelf or hearing from a reader that their book impacted their lives and, you know, hearing from someone that you're my favorite author you know, you have that dream, but you have to understand that those authors that you look up to, you know, most of them started right where you are as a teenager, as a young adult. 
and they started writing seriously and taking their writing seriously a long time ago. Sometimes there was a gap there. You know, sometimes they were writing seriously as teenagers and had to set it aside because life happens. You know, you get married, you have to make a living, you have, you know, maybe you were sent off to war. Who knows what happened in some of these different uh, authors' life stories. But the time they put in as a young person laid a foundation you know, it, and there's actually a lot of brain research into this, but what we spend our time on as young people is actually optimizing our brains to be good at those things, even as adults. So even if there's that 10-year gap, that 20-year gap, a lot of times these authors who seem to come out of nowhere in their 30s or 40s or later, they didn't really come out of nowhere. They had laid a foundation as young people. So it's like riding a bicycle. You know, once you figure it out, it's not hard to pick it back up again. Exactly. It's, it's so important to start young because you can always come back to it. And you know, obviously, the ideal situation is to not have to set it aside, but to form that writing habit where you're writing consistently from an early age, to continuing to hone your craft, continuing to understand what it means to write uh, clearly and well and effectively, whether you're a fiction writer or nonfiction writer, and, and have that culminate in being able to offer something to the world down the road that is truly valuable. Yeah, that's really good. What kind of challenges do you see young writers facing? What's, what's uniquely difficult for young writers as they get started? Well, honestly, the, the challenge most young people face when it comes to writing is that we school the love of writing right out of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, academic writing is just not very motivating. And, uh, and it's just not, that's not just my opinion, though most young writers would say amen. Um, but if you look at Pew, the Pew Research Center actually did a whole study on teens and writing. Uh, and you should look this up if you haven't ever read it. Um, but what they reported, uh, they asked all of these young people what dampened their desire to write. And the most common response was the writing instruction and assignments they receive in school. On the flip side, what they found was that 90% of young people enjoyed the writing they do outside of school for their own you know, pleasure. And, and that's writing is internally motivated. And that 90% number, that was consistent between boys and girls and older and younger teens. Yeah, that, that's so sad because not only do they get discouraged from writing, but they're often taught techniques of writing that are counter- productive. I ran a web agency for years and we were always trying to hire bloggers. And we knew that if we got somebody straight out of college, the first thing we'd have to do is unteach them what they learned about writing in college. They're actually farther away from good writing after four years in college often than they were if they hadn't have gone to college at all, which is so unfortunate. And I've, I've had people crying as I, they were interviewing for a job with me because they realized that what they learned in college was just not useful or, or not relevant, especially in marketing, that they learned all of this, you know, dated theory instead of more modern, useful practice. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think the key here is that we all know that writing something on a assigned topic like South American rocks and having it be graded by a computer in some cases, or by a teacher who's grading 30 other identical papers, you know, is not motivating. And so when we say we want young people to write more and write better, you know, when we recognize that writing is a crucial 21st century skill, both for the workplace, as well as if you're trying to pursue a career with writing and become an author, um, you know, we have to get away from you know, what we, we know in academic writing, we need to look outside the classroom to 
helping our young people and young writers write on you know self-selected topics you know or or stories that they choose to write and for a real audience so that's what blogging does you know blogging is giving someone the opportunity to write on outside of school on self-selected topics for a real audience that's not only more motivating that creates and and you know, results in better writing so much better writing. And by the way, we'll have a link to that Pew Research study in the show notes. I was able to find it uh, while Brett was talking. So just scroll down in your app if you want uh, to check that out. But I, I back to the uh, having an audience makes your writing better. When I was in college, I was taking freshman English. And at, halfway through the semester, the professor had us use this new internet portal that we it was brand new. And we had to post our writing for the other students. And for the first time in the class, we were actually had an audience of the other students. And we knew the other students were going to see what we wrote. And I remember after that first assignment, he came into the class kind of stunned. And he gave us all our papers back and they didn't have grades on them. Because basically, we had all gotten A's because the writing was so much better. There was like no comparison to what we've been doing just a week before. Like that one change uh, makes all of the difference. And it's one of the things about academic writing. Often you go out of your way to avoid, say, using the word you, right? And even the word I, like one does not consider this to be an important topic. It's like, no, I don't consider this to be an important topic. Just say what you mean. And yet uh, that gets trained out of you. And often when we're training somebody how to blog or how to write a book, you have to kind of train that back in, uh, assuming they haven't already lost the love of writing in the process. Right. And I think that's just so important for any parents or, or teachers who are listening to just, you know, take it upon yourself to give that same kind of experience like like what you just described in your in your class, you know, where there is a real audience that where the writing is going to be read by real people and who are going to react to it. Um, you know, my dad likes to call this preparing to present, you know, when we're just preparing for you know, when we're not preparing to present, we're not going to be motivated to prepare well. And and the Pew researchers actually quote young people who said, you know, if I knew that someone's going to read what I wrote and react to what they were reading, then I would tr- work harder at it and I would try to make it the best that it could be. You know, that's a real quote from a young person that was interviewed by, you know, by these researchers. That's so good. And again, if, if, if oftentimes the writing assignments in school aren't for making us better writers. Therefore, basically, it's a form of a test. Like, did you read the book, write a book report? And in that case, it's not at all about writing as a craft. It's just a matter of, you know, finding what you did wrong to grade you down. And it becomes like a traumatic experience. In fact, we've had people on this podcast in the past that as they've shared their stories, like James L. Rubart had a very traumatic experiences with writing mentors that shut down his writing career for decades. It took him to recover. And um, you have to be very careful when you're getting writing instruction because it's very vulnerable, right? The act of writing, especially if you're trying to do it well, it requires you putting your heart into the page. And, you know, that that um, ember can be stuffed at, snuffed out uh, if you're not careful by the instructor. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to ask, you've, you've written multiple best-selling books, and, I, and we should mention uh, the probably the most famous is Do Hard Things that you wrote with your brother, which is an excellent book. I remember reading it when it came out, along with pretty much every other homeschooler <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, what, what, is your, what has been your secret of success? What is the Harris special sauce uh, for writing best-selling books? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people look at my family and, and they say, I, you know, 
your dad wrote a best-selling book and then your older brother Josh he wrote you know I kissed dating goodbye and, and all these other you know best-selling books and then of course you and Alex come along and you write a best-selling book and so it's clearly there's clearly two things going on there's a writing gene and you know and then there's the the connections the industry connections that you have um, you know and and that's why no one else could could replicate what you know what you guys have done and you know i i always listened to that or or heard that and it it bothered me because i knew that what worked in my case was not some secret secret sauce or or writer's gene it was the belief that it was possible you know what having a dad and an older brother who had written books taught me was that ordinary people like the dad and the older brother sitting across the dinner table from me could use their words to impact other people's lives you know I didn't see them as superstar, you know, people on some other level. They were my dad. They were my brother, you know. And so, you know, that just made it real to me that real ordinary people can write books. And so that belief gave me the confidence and, and my twin brother, Alex, the confidence to actually pursue it seriously, to put in the time to not give up and to believe that we could write something too that was valuable. Um, and so so that was the the family side. And you know the other thing I wanted to you know you know experiment with uh, was okay, is this really just about these connections, you know, or or is it really about knowledge of how the process works? You know, because anyone who has pursued publishing or or writing for very long, you know that it's complicated. You know, it's not something that you just pick up overnight. It's not an industry that you just, you know, understand overnight. And there's a there's a clear process. Um, well, it's not a clear process. There is a process, but it's not clear. There's a lot of competing voices. There's a lot of advice out there. And and so I knew that part of what having a, a dad and an old brother older brother who had written books gave me was just knowledge of what that process looked like. And so, you know, when I had the opportunity a few years ago to mentor a young lady who had worked for years on her writing, writing on a a blog that never had much traffic, but she'd put in the work to hone her craft and become an excellent writer and have something to say, you know, my challenge to myself was, could I help someone who has knows nothing about the publishing industry, has never even met another published author in real life, you know, who, whose parents have no connections or, or understanding of how the publishing industry works, can I give her a sequence of steps and things to work on and help her become a published author? And so I did that. And, and the young lady's name is Jaquel Crow. And some of, you know, some people may know her. Uh, she, she, her book with Crossway came out last year. It's called This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years. It sold 10,000 copies in the first four days alone. Uh, and won book awards from uh, Christianity Today and the Gospel Coalition. So, you know, and she's now uh, has uh, publishers knocking on her door asking for the next book. And so, you know, that was the first aha moment for me was to realize, no, this is not just a writing gene. It's not even just connections. It's knowledge that it's possible and knowledge of how to do it. That's so critical. And and I think a lot of people think that because the act of writing, like sitting in front of a blank page of Microsoft Word and typing is easy, like physically it's not hard to type words into a screen, that the act of getting published 
should be easy as well. You know, you just click save and then you upload it and then you're done. And that really belies the fact that there is a lot to learn here. Getting published, just like with any industry, I mean, if, if you're listening, think about your job that you do, you know, Monday through Friday. Is that a job that you could have just learned how to do in a day? Maybe, right, if you're bagging groceries. But chances are you're doing something that you spent a lot of time to learn and hone the craft to figure out how to do it. And writing is very much that way, especially because it's such a competitive landscape and the best book in a category tends to get most of the readers. Most people don't want to read the fifth best book in a category. They want to read the best book in a category. And so it's very competitive in that way. And that means that you really do have to invest in education, which is why we hope you stay subscribed to the Christian Publishing Show, uh, as well as the other things that we talk about. Now, but I I should ask, right, we're talking about education. So does that mean that young writers should just go to college and major in creative writing? Well, there are many good reasons to go to college, um, but if your primary goal is to grow as a writer and pursue publication, it's generally a far slower and far more expensive path. You know, all of the young authors that I've mentored have taken unconventional approaches to college. Most of those unconventional approaches are to forego college. Um, Some of them are to take gap years to focus seriously on writing between high school and college. Some of them is, you know, using programs like Lumerit Unbound to basically get dual credit and be done with college by the time they graduate high school. But regardless, they're not spending four years and tens of thousands of dollars on a creative writing or English degree. Yeah, college is not the deal it was when my parents went to college. It has gotten so expensive without getting simultaneously more valuable. When my grandmother went to college, uh, she spent $25 a semester for everything. Uh, When my dad went to college, it was, I think, $200 a semester, $250 a semester. When I went to college, which was a while back, it was like $10,000 a semester. (laughs) Like the cost of college has just skyrocketed, and yet it's not any more valuable than it used to be. And I will say for any young people listening, I don't recommend getting any majors in, personally, I'm not speaking for Brett here, you may disagree, but I don't recommend any majors in the liberal arts because they just don't have the return on investing, uh, return on investment. Uh, Accounting degrees, nursing degrees, engineering degrees, degrees that end in ING are probably still worth the investment, but not a arts degree, especially now, like you said, when there's so much resources online that are faster and easier and sometimes better because you're not having that professor crushing your your hopes and dreams uh, of being a writer. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the people I know who are pursuing writing seriously now and who went to college for a, a writing related degree, um, they will they have all told me that if resources like what they are now aware of, you know, like like the programs that that some of the programs I offer, if they had known about them before they decided to go to college, they would have skipped college and done this instead because it's so much faster. It's so much cheaper. You know, you're able to actually focus on your writing. You know, you might even also be able to work a part-time job or even a full-time job and save money, you know, at, at the same time that you're you're really focusing on your writing. And it's just not necessary to, to do all those other classes and all the other things that come with college. Now, there are, again, as I said, there are other good reasons to go to college in certain situations. But if writing is your goal, if that's your dream, 
um, yeah, it's not the best path today. It's certainly not. Which makes me sad because I come from a long line of college professors. But I will say the professors do not control the pricing. <laughs> that is controlled by others. Uh, so what mistakes do you see young writers making that hurt their publishing prospects down the road? Hmm, that's a great question. I, I say by far the biggest one, and this is not just for young writers. This is for everyone. Giving up too soon. Um the vast majority of people who dream about writing and impacting people with their words, they give up too soon with, with the conclusion that they're not good enough, that they're never going to figure it out, that, you know, there's no audience for what they have to share. And, you know, we did research, like I mentioned, we did research on, on what age did a lot of these successful published authors start writing seriously and found out, you know, they started young. We also looked at how long did it take because, you know, that's a really helpful thing to know. You know, on average, how long does it take between when someone starts writing in a really serious way to pursue publication and their first book with a traditional publisher will leave self-publishing out of it? You know, with a traditional publisher, how long did that take? And what we've we found from our, our research was it's an average of six years. Now... That's an average. There, you know, some people it took a lot longer. Other people it took a lot shorter, but six years on average. And that's helpful because, you know, if you think about it, you know, how long does it take to become a lawyer? You know, how long does it take to become a doctor? How long does it take to, to really go from I want to pursue this as my career and to actually making money in any other field? It's probably around that four to six to seven years. And, you know, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, it's more like, eight or to 13 years before you actually start making money. The problem is, you know, a lot of young people give up way too soon, a lot of writers in general, and, you know, a lot of the people around them start to say, hey, why aren't you making any money yet? You know, why aren't you, why aren't you gotten a book contract yet? Why ha- aren't you selling more books yet? And, you know, no one's asking a lawyer in their second year of law school, why aren't you making money yet? You know, no one's asking a doctor while they're doing their residency, why aren't you making money yet? Because they understand that it takes time. Uh, and most people don't understand that about writing. Yeah, that's that's really good. And, it, you know, you have to sow before you can expect to reap. And before you sow, you have to prepare the soil. And before you prepare the soil, you have to uh, buy the soil. And before you do that, you have to find it, right? Like there's all of these steps uh, that go into success, Uh regardless of what you're working on. And this just reemphasizes the importance of starting young. You know, if you if you start young, then you have time, you have financial runway, you know, you have time before life has to, you know, before you have to be putting food on the table, you know, to put in those 6 years or longer. You know, if you if you start later, you're going to have a lot more pressures, you're going to have a lot more challenges. And so, you know, my advice to young writers is start young and stick with it. Start young as soon as possible be, to be writing seriously and putting that time in, honing the craft, learning about the publishing industry and what that path looks like, and then stick with it because you're not likely going to have succeeded after a year or two years. You know, it takes on average six plus years. All right, I'm going to throw you what we call a softball question, uh, and that is, where should teenagers who want to become authors get started? Uh, what, what, what's something that you would recommend that they do to get started? Well, I mean, to be shamelessly self-promotional, um, you know, I would encourage them to go to theyoungwriter.com, which is our website where, where we try to come alongside and support writers 
and educate them on on what's involved in pursuing writing seriously. Uh, we have a, a free assessment called the Writer Score Assessment, and it's you know the the core idea behind it is there's more to writing than just writing, and we allow young writers to evaluate themselves within 10 different domains that are all crucial and that they need to be growing in all 10 if they want to pursue writing as, as a career. And so those include things like, you know, that are not just about the words you're writing on the page, like your platform, like family support, community, mentorship, and things like that. So um, that would be where I would start is, you know, get a clear idea of where you are in the process with something like the writer score and then just work on it consistently. You have to view your writing like you would an instrument or like your favorite sport. You know, you don't just play your sport or your instrument, you know, when you happen to have time and expect to become excellent with your instrument or at your sport. So you have to take the same approach with writing. Consistent time, consistent investment usually involves some kind of outside input and support. Um, I would also recommend that they find a writing community of some kind where they can connect with like-minded writers who will encourage them, give them feedback, allow them to share their writing for critique and, um, you know, do word sprints together where they can write together and overcome writers block together. Yeah. Having that community and that accountability is so powerful. It's not a surprise that C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were friends, right? They uh, were in a writer's group together, the Inklings, and that is part of what uh, spurred them on uh, to such great success. Uh, writing doesn't have to be uh, lonely. And I, I really like what you're doing at the youngwriter.com, uh, creating material specifically targeted at young writers who are wanting to become authors. Uh, that's something that's desperately needed in the market. And um, such a better deal than college. <laughs> so at least for becoming a writer, obviously, there are other reasons to go to college and getting out of the house is one of them. Uh, I have a lot to say to young people and, and I'll save it for another podcast. Um, and, and unfortunately, we are out of time, but where can people find out more about you? Where can people find you online? Yeah, well, I would definitely just send them to theyoungwriter.com, theyoungwriter.com, and uh, check out all the resources we have. We have a free guide for parents on encouraging your young writer. We have a guidebook for young writers that's a collection of writing advice from all sorts of incredible authors like Randy Alcorn, Francine Rivers, Jerry Jenkins, uh, Andrew Peterson, S.D. Smith, um, all, you know, just do dozens of different adult authors, young authors, their own age, and industry professionals, agents, um, publishers, editors, and uh, just have a lot of resources on there, as well as we have a, a paid program called the Young Writers Workshop that we open for enrollment twice a year. It's currently open until the 10th of February, and uh, that's where we give very personal support and provide that community and support to help young writers write more better. And we will have links to all of that in the show notes. If you just scroll down in your app, you can tap with your finger to see that parent's guide and the writer score assessment and to check out theyoungwriter.com. Uh, today's episode of the Christian Publishing Show is brought to you by the Christian Writers Institute. And the uh, course of the week is Mistakes New Authors Make. Uh, explore the biggest mistakes writers make and how you can avoid them. A four-part video course by Kathy Eide. And as always, you can use coupon code podcast to save 10% at checkout. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for joining us today on the Christian Publishing Show. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. 
Thank you for listening to the Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit ChristianPublishingShow.com.